You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We get to talk about hymns today. And a very special hymn writer that might be my favorite one. I'm super excited. <laughs> I wish we had video so people could see just how much your face lights up when we talk about hymns. But on the other hand, I'm really glad no one has to see my face. So I'm glad we don't have video for that sake. Also true. I mean, not that my face isn't excited about hymns, but we're singing. We're singing. We're talking about hymns. We're not Can really we sing singing some? today. We, we maybe. Sing we'll see. Uh, we're talking about a great <laughs> hymn fest coming up here in the St. Louis area. Uh, I want to share with you the... Uh, Paul Gerhardt Hymn Festival that's coming up at St. Paul's De Pere. Joining us in studio today, Matthew Gerhardt. He's Associate Minister of Music at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, Missouri. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And the Reverend Dr. John Veeker, Senior Assistant to the President of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, who also happens to be uh, a member of St. Paul's De Pere and maybe has a little bit to do with music there, too. Yes, I sing in the choir, and I get to be the commentator for this wonderful hymn festival. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Coffee Hour and sharing this great story with us. Who is Paul Gerhardt? Now, you, you, you Dr. Vicker, you've been writing commentary on this, but I know you both probably have some stories to share on this. Who wants to go first in terms of sharing with us about Paul Gerhardt? Well, I'd be happy to start. Uh, Paul Gerhardt was born in 1607. He died in 76, 1676. So he lived in the 17th century. He was born uh, in in Grafenhainischen, which is a stone's throw from Wittenberg, where the Reformation was launched about a century before that. He grew up during the Thirty Years' War, which was from 1618 to 1648. That means by the time he was 14, he was an orphan. So if you can imagine COVID-19 and the pandemic that we're in, and 10 times, 100 times worse with war and pillaging and all of that going on, your hometown getting run over by, by foreign troops. Imagine that going on round and about for 30 years. This is what Paul Gerhardt came out of. And so he, uh, <clears throat> as he grew up, he eventually went to study in the university in Wittenberg to become a pastor. Only problem was there were no calls because the churches had been burned to the ground and so he survived in Wittenberg after graduating in the late 1520, uh, 1620s and um, served as a tutor to various people and eventually in Berlin, was not finally ordained until about 20 years later. Um, so he was an overripe seminary student, that's <laughs> <laughs> what he was, and uh, of course um, a, great, um, a great poet and developed his craft writing hymns, starting out in Latin, but then eventually in German. He wrote about 135 of those hymns. And we have about 17, I believe, in Lutheran service book, uh, translated into English. Mm-hmm. Matt, do you, have, do you have more background information? Oh, my, that's very comprehensive. I'm not sure I have anything <laughs> to add to that. <laughs> what do you, what do you uh, enjoy about Gerhardt's work, Matt? Well, I especially appreciate the the um, the level of of personal connection that is in his hymnody. He still has these great Lutheran focuses of justification, baptism, communion. He has all of these things in the hymns, 
and yet it draws us in, draws the singer in, in a, into a personal connection, which is really, really wonderful and, and sort of groundbreaking almost in his hymnody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, he, uh, the kind of the trend prior to Gerhardt in the 16th century was to write what they would call objective hymns, not so much I, but we, um, about the, the church collective. Gerhardt makes a shift, and he begins to use I language, but freighted in a way that is that anyone can sing it, any Christian can sing it, and that it carries good Christian Lutheran doctrine uh, proclaimed uh, in the texts of these hymns. This also kind of shows a shift, too, in, in, in how hymns are being written and what they were written for. Prior to that, the, the hymns that Luther and the Reformation 100 years before were written primarily for congregational use. By the time we get to Gerhardt, where the churches have been burned down and people are shifting more to home worship and devotions, Gerhardt wrote almost all of his hymns intending them to be used for devotional use which is why you get hymns of 12 to 15 stanzas. I love those. <laughs> it's are, a full sermon in a hymn. They are a full <laughs> sermon. They, many of his hymns are sermons, and uh, at least sermon outlines have nothing else. So, mm-hmm. In fact, one of them is written based on a funeral hymn, so funeral sermon. So <laughs> this is what's going on. There's a shift to a more subjective way of speaking, yet in the service of the gospel, um, and to devotional use for hymns. Who were the influences in his life? Were there important figures who influenced his his writing, his hymns, his life? Absolutely. I think, you know, at seminary, I can't remember the names of the professors, but they were all, with the Wittenberg Seminary in the 1520s, was a, a very orthodox faculty. And so he studied with the best of the best, and he came out a rock-solid pastor theologically, although he wasn't able to be a pastor for another 15 to 20 years. Um, I think the biggest influencers of him, however, were the experiences that he had. You know, I mentioned that his hometown, Kreifenhainischen, was burned to the ground uh, by marauding troops in 1537. So by that time, he was, what, 30? Uh, Well, not living there, but living in in Wittenberg at the time, not far away. And... um, he eventually didn't marry until um, after the Thirty Years' War, like in 51, 1651. He had moved to Berlin by that time, and he was uh, kind of dating um, a young lady there. And eventually they married. Um, he had five children with her. I think four of them died in infancy. Mm-hmm. Only one, his son Paul, survived him. And his wife died also, and did, uh, he survived his wife. The last few years of his life, he was left um, by himself with his son. So he, these are the experiences of Anfechtungen, as they, they say in German, uh, or Tentatio in Latin, the trials, the temptations, uh, the struggles that afflict us as Christians. And this is what he writes about primarily in his hymnody. Mm-hmm. Well, one interesting influence I was, I'm wondering, I don't have any proof that this did influence him, but I believe it was his maternal grandfather was also a pastor, a confessional Lutheran pastor, who was removed from his parish for not for keeping the exorcism in baptism, something which maybe even we as Lutherans don't always observe today, was very important. And so he, he was removed from his call and ended up giving a funeral sermon in a field. So it's not only Paul Gerhardt 
who has who suffered during this time, but it was a number of family experiences too that I think must have influenced his writing. Mm-hmm. How does how does all of that uh, life experience translate into hymnody, and then how does that uh, still stay relevant for us today? I know Gerhardt is such a, a favorite hymn writer for so many people. Well, I think if you look at, begin to look at his texts, like I say, there are 17 of them. We're going to sing, I think, nine of them uh, in this hymn festival. You begin to see, uh, for instance, in a hymn like, Why Should Cross and Trial Grieve Me? I mean, the title right there tells you this is going to be a hymn about suffering. Um, but they have some, he had uh, some wonderful other types of hymns, Evening and Morning. But that also brings in the suffering. Um, and Now Rest Beneath Night's Shadows. So if God himself before me, where he just goes off on Romans 8, and we're going to sing 10 stanzas of his, I think, 15 stanza hymn. Uh, <laughs> this is how he brings this in. It becomes, it becomes part of it, and really the hallmark of his, of his hymnody. For those who maybe know a little bit about Paul Gerhardt and know some of his hymns, what about the, the tunes for his hymns? Are, did he write tunes as well, or were those written by someone else? He did not write tunes. Um, and his tunes have been paired with different, or his texts have been paired with different tunes over the centuries. Two musicians who were very influential in his life for, um, make sure I have these right before I say them out loud. <laughs> Johann Georg Ebling was one, and the other was Johann Kruger. Mm-hmm. And they were cantors at the parish he served in Berlin. In fact, um, Ebling was re- removed when he was. They ended their time there together. But these two um, cantors not only wrote tunes, but collected his texts and put them into the devotional uh, works that John was talking about earlier. And so they were very, they must have been working closely together at church and supporting each other in these creations and setting these texts. Hmm. What, John, you talked a a bit about the, the suffering that he and the 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 peop, other people at that time experienced um what what is that i don't want to say how is it parallel but um looking at the suffering that, that they experienced at that time and how he uh used, how that shaped his hymnody how does that make his hymns so much more valuable for us in this day they show us that the Christian Christianity has always suffered, that Christians have always suffered, that suffering is a part of life, but that Jesus is there and takes us through it because he's been through all suffering before us. He's led the way. So no matter how bad it gets, Jesus is there with you. Jesus is his cross, his salvation are what lead us and guide us and, and, and rescue us from this suffering. Um, you know, in in Gerhard's day, in the Thirty Years' War, it's estimated that uh, during the Thirty Years' War, the population in Germany was reduced somewhere between 15 to 30 percent. That means that, and also half of those were male, that half of the male population was decimated. Some eight million casualties total. And of course, along with the, all of the deaths went the diseases, uh, the pillaging, the loss of life and limb, and so forth. These are the kinds of uh, these are the kinds of suffering situations that Gerhardt lived through, 
and his words uh, live for us today. And they are, uh, the title of our hymn festival is uh, Hymns of Comfort in a Time of Pandemic. That these words uh, that he wrote based on Scripture bring us comfort also as well, because they bring us the gospel. They bring us Jesus. We're talking about Paul Gerhardt for the Paul Gerhardt Hymn Festival coming up at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, Missouri this Saturday, uh, September 27th at 4 p.m. We have more to share with you about this hymn festival in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are talking about the hymns of Paul Gerhardt because they will be featured in the upcoming Paul Gerhardt Hymn Festival at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, Missouri, this Saturday, September 7th at 4 p.m. And uh, in studio with us, the Reverend Dr. John Veeker, Senior Assistant to the President for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and Matthew Gerhardt, Associate Minister of Music at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, Missouri. Uh, and I forgot to ask the most important question of all when we were talking about Paul Gerhardt. Um, I, our guest's last name is Gerhardt, too. So we have to ask, Matthew, are you related to Paul Gerhardt? Do you know? The answer is, I hope so. <laughs> Correct answer. I have, I, have, I have not been able to do genealogy that far back. Our families come from the same area of Germany, so I am still hopeful. <laughs> so there's a good chance. I, my joke is that I'm going to stand next to the portrait of Paul Gerhardt at the hymn festival and ask if there's any family resemblance there. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> so tell us about the the event coming up this Saturday at 4 p.m. Matt? So we are having a hymn festival in a time of pandemic, which means that it doesn't look quite like a hymn festival that we may have done last year or we would have planned to do this year otherwise. Our forces are... Um, slightly less this year. Normally we would have choir and perhaps a lot of brass instruments or a full orchestra even. This year we're pairing it back quite a bit. It will be mainly organ and a couple of string players, a couple of violinists. And so the congregation really is taking a probably a larger role than they might normally in a, in a hymn festival. We're planning to do nine of Gerhardt's hymns, nine wonderful hymns, perfect for this time in which we find ourselves and doing various settings and various alternatum sorts of things on these hymns. Um, perhaps one stanza, men and women different, or having instrumental settings of different that portray different texts, different stanzas as we go. But all in all, a wonderful musical experience, even if it's not quite what we expect. So what, what are these nine hymns that... Uh, we'll be able to sing. And I, for one, am not sad that the congregation will have more of a role. I think everyone should sing more Gerhardt in their lives. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what are these hymns? 
So we are doing evening and morning. All my heart, all my heart again rejoices. Jesus, thy boundless love to me. A lamb goes uncomplaining forth. And sort of the crux of the whole matter, if God himself be for me. Followed by awake my heart with gladness. All Christians who have been baptized, why should cross and trial grieve me? And ending with now rest beneath night's shadow. Those are those are fantastic hymns. Do you do you have a favorite of those, or is that a really mean question to ask? I cannot answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> do you have Do you have some favorite stanzas though? Uh, in some of those hymns, some of those stanzas just really stand out uh, against all of the rest. Do you have a, a few a few lines of text that that you really enjoy singing? Oh, that is just putting me on the spot. I'm not sure I can answer that one either. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Tell us, uh, tell us some unique things about these hymns. Well, "Awake My Heart with Gladness," of course, is probably one of the more familiar ones, at least to, at mm-hmm. least to Missouri Synod Lutherans. And I, if I'm going to pick a stanza, I, I think I'll pick that stanza five. Um, the world against me rages; its fury I disdain. Though bitter war it wages, it works as all in vain. My heart from care is free. No trouble troubles me. Misfortune now is play, and night is bright as day. This is what the resurrection accomplishes. I love the way he turns this around. No trouble troubles me. Isn't that a great line? Of course, that's the translation, but it's in the German too. Misfortune now is play. (laughs) So that no matter what kinds of things are coming our way uh, through this pandemic in which we live, uh, death, sickness, isolation, whatever. The resurrection of Christ and the promise of resurrection for us, bodily resurrection with Jesus, is what takes us through. I'm getting the sense now, having not really paid attention in the past to who the hymn writer is when we sing hymns, I get the sense that our chaplain here at the IC is a big Gerhardt fan I because so. <laughs> I'm noticing that all the <laughs> hymns that he mentioned, I think, are pretty pretty much those staples in, in IC chapel here. Of course uh, they are. <laughs> uh, Matt, you mentioned earlier that um, there will be uh, there'll be some uniqueness in, in how these hymns are presented. Um, maybe you know a stanza that the men sing and a stanza that the women sing. Uh, tell us about the settings uh, of these the hymns that we'll be singing at the uh, Paul Gerhardt Hymn Festival. Sure. A lot of the settings that we will be using are things that I am coming up with myself uh, that fit the time and fit perhaps not as full of a sanctuary as we might normally have. Um, But I'm also including a few pieces from various um, portions of music history that show how these hymns have influenced even composers um, to create for them. So, for instance, on... I'm doing a setting of on all Christians who have been baptized by Matthias Weckmann, who turns out was a teacher of um, Abling, who worked with Paul Gerhardt. So this, this is now far back in music history, all the way up to settings that were composed very recently. In fact, one by my own teacher, Dr. John Banke. And everything in between, uh, there's a little bit of reggae in there, which is yeah. perhaps an iconoclastic choice, but... <laughs> Um, a very wonderful setting for that text. <laughs> was that a groan? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. No, not at all. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first groan I've heard at Reger. But 
it does fit the text for that stanza for which I've chosen. A really gorgeous setting also of Now Rest Beneath Night Shadows by Johannes Brahms, mm. um, also written at the very end of his life. In fact, they think that these were probably the last compositions that he wrote, this set of 11 Lutheran chorale preludes. Very Christological, very sound theology, which is perhaps a little bit interesting coming from Brahms, that he returned to that at the end of his life. But such a, a wonderful and expressive setting, and almost at the very end of this program. <laughs> Beautiful. I think that is my favorite nighttime hymn, which is totally a thing to have a favorite nighttime hymn. <laughs> uh, John, you mentioned earlier about the the translations and and what does uh, do we lose anything in the translations with Gerhardt? Uh, I know there's some of them are, are translated by uh, I think Catherine Winkworth had something to do with mm-hmm. with some of his. Uh, is what what happens when when some of these hymns are translated into English? Great question. And I, I'll speak to a hymn called All Christians Who Have Been Baptized, which is one of the Gerhardt hymns we're going to sing. It's his baptism hymn. He only wrote one hymn on baptism toward the end of his life when he was getting in trouble with the elector and got kicked out of his office as pastor. And so he was going to confess what it is, to what is baptism. And also he wrote another one on the Lord's Supper. I know something about this translation because I did it. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was in our Missouri Synod German hymnal and never made it into our English language hymnals. And in the early 90s, I noticed this as I was working on my STM thesis and thought, that would be a good hymn to translate. I don't think I'll try it. And what I learned from that exercise was that what they call metrical translations, these are translations that are rhymed, so that, you know, baptized rhymes with prize, and heaven rhymes with given, and done rhymes with everyone, are an approximation. There's a kind of sliding scale between literal accuracy and political, excuse me, poetical. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start again. (laughs) Between accuracy and poetical felicity, okay? So beautiful language and then accuracy. Mm-hmm. And I this I, this was a 15-year project, a 10- to 15-year project of me working on this text and getting help from real hymn translators and writers like Stephen Stark and others to make it better and finally ready for a hymnal. But So there are some things that get lost. You mm-hmm. make a choice. Uh, I think I did a pretty good job at the end of the day, but <laughs> you'd have to really know the German and look at it to see. Mm-hmm. Matt, what do we need to know about uh, attending this hymn festival since it is a unique year? As you mentioned earlier, <laughs> things might be a little bit different this year. What do we need to know? So, well, The first thing that you need to know is that we are requiring registration in advance. That link can be found at stpauldepair.org slash music also. And it's, it's a way for us to make sure that we are not exceeding capacity limits because that is a reality of our time right now. We are also requiring masks for all worshipers. We are doing our utmost best to maintain the the appropriate amount of distance at least six feet at all times and we have pews roped off we have we will be sanitizing after the morning worship services we are doing everything in our power to make this a safe and meaningful event for everyone who attends what are some things that people can look forward to or maybe uh, read or research about uh, in order to have a, a more full experience of this hymn festival well, there's there's one portrait of, of Paul Gerhardt that was actually done shortly after he died, and every other picture that you ever find of Paul Gerhardt, whether it's drawn or whatever, painted, is based on this portrait. And if you go to um, to Lübben in Germany, south of Berlin, 
where this thing hangs, it's life-size, you can see it, and it's much more faded out. But we will have not a life-size, but maybe 50% size uh, um, reproduction of that for people to look at and see what did he look like in a, as a pastor in his pastor robes, holding what we think is a Bible and pointing to the cross. It's quite an evocative piece, and the narrator may be referencing it. Um, but So that's something to actually see this, because you'd have to go all the way to Germany to take a good look at it, and it wouldn't be as good as this reproduction. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned the narrator may be uh, referencing it. Yes. Uh, you will be the narrator for this event, is that correct? Yes, I'm the narrator. Yes, thank you. <laughs> what, will we, what will you be sharing with us uh, in between the hymns? Well, that de- it's, it just depends on the hymn. I, some, I, I'd like to try to show the flow of, of where we're going and where we've been, but it's definitely going to reference COVID and the times in which we find ourselves and, of course, point us to the gospel in the hymn and the scriptures in the hymn and Gerhardt's life, those kinds of things. I try to be more um, um, evocative and inspirational uh, than boring. So I, I and and those don't go on very long either. So they're just little two to three minutes before we sing the hymn. Visit org slash music to find information and to register in advance. We'll share that link in the program notes today as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you to our guest, the Reverend Dr. John Veeker. Thank you so much for joining us thank you. on the coffee hour today. Matthew Gerhardt, Associate Minister of Music at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere. Matthew, thank you so much for being our guest on the coffee hour. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh,